Hello there, this is Ed McCarty. Welcome to Hoofing It Podcast with everything horses and livestock. Hello everyone, this is Melissa Cowan with Hoofing It Podcast. And I'm Jana Harrington Barkus. And we're here today with a special guest. Um, his name is Patrick Sullivan. And Patrick is uh, a Liberty a trainer. He, he is a horseman that has studied with uh, many other horsemen. And he's here joining us and we're going to talk about Liberty training. And welcome Patrick, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. I got to admit, though, something to you guys before we start is I love the name Hoofing It. It's probably one of the best podcast names I've ever heard. Um, oh, I'm not just you. saying that. I just got to give you guys a lot of credit for whoever came up with that name. It's, it's fantastic. Thank we you. did it I together. Think, uh, yeah, I, we, we originally, um, when we started the podcast, uh, we were starting it out as unwired because it was like, everybody wants to get unwired. Let's talk about, you know, what we do, everybody does, and things and stuff and so uh i think uh well where it came about was melissa and i were out in kentucky and uh, at american horse publications out there and stuff and we were talking and and she came up and she's like huffing it we're huffing it all over the place and i was like oh my god <laughs> so thank you for thank you for that of course we it just came fun. naturally yeah, oh, yeah. It did. okay so <laughs> let's get on with our interview and um one of the things that's kind of unique about your situation with getting involved with the horses is I read that you were like 26 years old before you ever got involved with horses. Yeah, that's right. So I got involved with horses in 2015. That's about seven years ago. And, you know, it was just one of those things I say, it's a God thing. You know, it, it's something that just kind of fell into me as a part of my journey that I wasn't expecting. Um, if you ask my family, they're like, you're the least, uh, likely the amount of the kids that I thought would be involved with the horses and the animals. Um, but here I am today and I'm so fortunate and thankful to be, to be here. So tell our listeners, what did you do before you started um, getting involved with horses? Yeah. So I was actually in the world of, of soccer. So I coached college soccer. I was assistant coach for a university down in near Houston, Texas. And I was, while I was coaching, I was also obtaining my MBA in international management. And I figured that I always wanted to go into business and work in corporate America and go make a lot of money and, um, you know, kind of work abroad. But, you know, it's one of those things you you never know where you're going to end up. And, um, you know, seven years, eight years ago, um, I ended up in a perfect situation to get to know the horse. And I, I don't think it was lucky at all. I think that it was a um, beyond coincidence is kind of like a, the, the purpose of why I'm here. Did you have a, like a horse lesson or did you just meet somebody that had horses? No. So it was actually, my mom uh, always wanted to have horses when we were growing up, but we couldn't afford, she couldn't afford having the kids and the horses. And so, cause she grew up at her great grandpa's farm, which would go out there every summer and fall and get to ride his horses. Cause he was involved with horses. And, but when we lived in the city in Dallas, we just didn't have the opportunity. She couldn't afford it. So when I was the last one to graduate high school and we moved out of the house, she said, all right, well, I'm going to follow my dreams of getting horses. So she had moved out after I graduated. She moved out to a small farm out of Houston, Houston Texas, and got herself some horses. And um, so she was like, you can move home, but you got to take care of the horses. And I had no clue what the heck was going on. I didn't even know how to halt through a horse. I didn't know where to approach a horse. And you know, one thing led to another, I would take a lesson once every two weeks and my mom would help me. And, uh, every day after work, I would come home and just try to play with the horses because I just loved it. There was just something about them that I enjoyed. Uh, and then two years later, 
after I found a job, I actually quit my job and said, you know, I want horses to be part of my life forever. I want it to be my career. And everyone thought I was insane. And, <laughs> but I just took the, took the risk, took the jump and had a, been blessed to be able to meet a lot of amazing people to help educate me and point me in the right direction in this horsemanship journey. Yes. That is something that's fun is uh, all the amazing uh, trainers like mm-hmm. you out there that we can all learn from. Constant learning, you know. Constant. I'm learning always. Amen. <laughs> That's right. Uh, okay, so now tell us, um, so you, you learned to ride, and then what brought your interest into Liberty training? So actually, so I saw I saw Liberty, just like a little like backyard Liberty presentation, I guess. And I didn't even know what Liberty was, to be honest. What it, and I don't even remember who, who it was that gave the presentation, but I just remember someone just, working with their horse with nothing on their head and getting them to do things like lay down and follow them. And I was like, that is what I want. That is so cool. And, you know, I got to immerse myself in dressage and, you know, different kind of cow working things and um, different aspects of horsemanship. When I saw Liberty, I knew that was where I wanted because there was just a different level of connection that I'd never seen before. And yes. So yeah, that's what I noticed too, is this, it's like, it's almost like you're dancing with horses when I watch it. Uh, and I know it's not dancing with horses, but it just, the connection, when two people dance, right, they're very connected. And that's what I, it looks like when you're you're working with the, these horses. That and, connection. Yeah, yeah. that same I connection. See, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah, and um, it's just beautiful. I mean, you absolutely hit the nail on the head, and, I'm going to be honest with you guys. We seem like friends now is that I always loved dancing, but I was never very good at it. My sister used to make fun of me about my dancing skills, but when I got to start dancing with horses, no one would judge me anymore because they would all just look how beautiful the horses were. And I was like, this is what I want because it's all in steps. It's all about reading your partner and the maneuver, the maneuvers that they're going to do before you do it. And that's, that's how the dance begins being able to connect with each other, or you can read each other before, you even make the first step. Yeah, and it looks so magical. Do you feel, do you feel when you're helping people with that, do you feel that it's hard to get them to feel, uh, you know, feel what you're feeling? And uh, is it hard to train people? Yeah, you know, the hardest part about it all is the word I use, like to use is energy, being able to relate the right energy to your horse to say, hey, this is what I want. This is how fast or slow that you want to go by just portraying your body language. And so that's the hard thing to teach. Like we can teach the maneuvers and the steps because we have a very systematic approach in the footwork, but it's teaching that, that energy of how much energy do I, get, I use to get my horse to walk, to trot, to canter, to stop versus you know, what my body's saying. Cause my body could say something, but my energy isn't. And that's the hardest thing to teach people. And, um, you know, every day we struggle with it or even with any, everybody ourselves or our mm-hmm. clients, but, uh, we just try to improve on a daily basis. So I'm a person that's high energy, right? So I'm yes. even <laughs> my horse, when I ride my horse, it's a different story. If somebody, I can put a kid on her and she acts totally different, right? But when I yes. get on her, she's like, let's go because I'm high energy. <laughs> so that's right. To, to learn, to learn this technique, I would have to really focus on calming my energy down so I won't have my horse um, 
all over the place, right? That's That would be something I would need to focus on is drop knowing how to drop my energy. Yeah, you know, that's what I find that the I find with the Liberty techniques, it really helps focus that energy so that when you get into the saddle, you know what kind of energy you need for that for that animal, you know, and it's it's one of those things that um, you get to say, hey, look, this is where I'm at. This is where I need to be. And you can figure out where you're going from that point on. Oh, that's amazing. Um how long would you say that it would take an average person to learn this technique? You know, I think honestly, it would, it just depends on how far you want to go. You could pick it up quickly. I mean, you could pick it up here in a couple of weeks um, and get your horse to follow you around or, but to get to really the highest levels, it'll take you years. Okay. So you, and you've been doing it how many years now? So I've been doing it for the last seven years i guess in the horsemanship journey but really focusing on my liberty probably for the past like three so i went to work for this gentleman named dan james of double dan horsemanship in 2019 Mm -hmm. and that's really like i always knew i wanted to learn liberty but that's kind of when my liberty journey took off is 2019 and started really working with these horses on on that liberty scale um so you know i always say like there's a couple attributes that come to how quickly you can develop your horse and in, in your in liberty. And a couple of attributes are is one, the time, how much time that you spend with your horse doing it. And then the second one is how much education and knowledge do you have while you're spending that time? Because we can spend a lot of time with our horse building the connection, but if you don't have the knowledge, then it'll be hard to advance as quickly as you can. So if you can combine your time and effort that you spend into it and the education and combine those two, the quicker that you can develop those skills. Wow. Well, how many clinics do you hold a year on, on and showing people how to do this? Yeah, you know, so again, it's been a very, very fortunate for us. So every year, the last couple of years since we've been on our own has, um, has increased. I think last year we had uh, 10 clinics I think next year we're going to have um, 15 clinics or 20 clinics. I think it's actually 20 clinics now. And, you know, I think that's going to be about where we're going to end up. I think if we go to a month, uh, that's really uh, a good point for us. But what we want to do is we're creating an online education system where people can go online and watch videos and learn how to do it at home. And we also do virtual lessons because we love to travel, but if there's something about being at home, that's really nice. Yes. I was getting ready to ask you that if you, if you took individuals on and, and did uh, training at, at your property. Yeah. I actually love teaching the Like I love the group lessons, but teaching one-on-one and individually with them and their horse, we can really accomplish a lot more. And, you know, today with technology, either it's at our property or it can be virtual lessons and the virtual lessons have turned out really well because just like I'm being there, but I'm in your phone. And do you allow people like to, if they're having a struggle with something, would they like video for you and then send it to you and then you would help them with the feedback? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And for our clients, usually if they're having trouble, I mean, I, I have kind of open door policy. If, if you're or friends of ours, like, I mean, if you have a question, even if I don't know you probably, and you send me a video, I'm going to help you out because oh, that's nice. uh, I, I, I just, I just love seeing people advance with their horsemanship mm-hmm. and, and, and people, I don't know, just the smile, seeing people smile on their face when they get their horse to follow, follow them around or accomplish what they've been wanting to do for years to me is it makes it all worthwhile. Yeah, I think that's it. I, I, I love it when I, my horse follows me because, first of all, she's not very trustworthy, but 
I've been working with her a lot this year, and she does follow me, and I just think it's the coolest thing ever. It makes you feel so good. <laughs> yes, because you're part of the herd, you know? Mm-hmm, it is. It's, I can see that really bringing joy to people. Um, I do want to ask you a question, too, about this. Um, Let's take a quick break. Thank you for joining us today. Our podcast is sponsored by Better Equine, the manufacturer of BE saddle pads. Now we're back. Did you have the Liberty training when you took your horse and and did the uh, 2,500 mile ride that you did for the (laughs) charities? Yeah, so that was uh, their trip across country, and so we actually stopped at 20 different nonprofits along the way teaching Liberty, and so we, like that, actually, that's that's right when I left Dan, uh, Dan James, and that's when I took that trip, so I had the foundation of Liberty on my, both of my horses, and, you know, I wouldn't have done that trip without it, because honestly, uh, it's one of those things where it was, you had to have complete trust and confidence that your horse was going to keep you safe and take care of you. Yeah, and them, and them, uh, you know, all the different terrain and stuff that you would be going through. Traffic. Uh, yeah, traffic and exposing them to everything. That's neat that they, uh, you know, trusted you to get them through too. So a partnership deal, huh? And that's it. You know, it's like I had to allow my horse to almost think for themselves because if we got to a point, and this is no joke, I mean, we went through cities and a lot of towns. And we had to stop and follow the guidelines of the of the, the road. And every stoplight, if there was a red light, I don't know if she could see the, the red or the green lights, but every time cars would stop, she would stop. Right? And then she would look both ways and she would, you know, and it's almost got to the point, it was kind of funny because it's like she would take care of me. And the first thing we learn as kids, like when we're crossing the road, is look both ways. And <laughs> she would just start to look both ways when she crossed the road. And it was the craziest thing. And if you didn't see it, you wouldn't, like, you it's wouldn't hard to believe, believe you'd be yeah. saying it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, like, they learn so quick, and, like, the horses are so much smarter than a lot of times I even give them credit for, uh, and, you know, it's just amazing the things that they pick up when you give them that freedom to choose when they make good decisions. Yeah, how cool is that? I, I just, and I didn't realize you took two horses with you, so how did that work? Because you were riding one. Did you pony, pony. another one? Um, so, actually, so... I guess I'll touch a long story short. My sister and I were supposed to each ride a horse across the country, but she had recently got married and, um, and we were going to camp and, and do it kind of the, the, the old fashioned way. After she got married, she ended up getting pregnant. So we oh. had to make like probably like three months before the trip. So we had to really do a 180 and say, what are we going to do? So she ended we ended up having to find a truck and trailer in the last three months. And she ended up driving um, the, the truck and trailer in front of me and taking the other horse that I didn't have with me. So it kind of was a last minute change of plans, but it worked out great. And it gave my sister the opportunity to still go on most of the trip, even though um, she, she had a you know, child in her belly. Yeah. Well, you know, I was trying to figure out how in the world you did that. And, you know, that's great because you need somebody there, you know, <laughs> I can't imagine you going yeah. across country without anyone. <laughs> but yeah. that was... people, people are so good though too mm-hmm. you know you hope hope you get to run into some really cool people that all yeah. take you in or help you and yeah so. so i bet you did meet a lot of cool people on your on the road didn't yeah, you I bet. oh i sure did and are, are you guys are, are based out of kansas or yes I, i'm not just saying this but some of the nicest people probably the nicest state as a whole 
was Kansas. Oh, because, crazy. like, we, we, we would ride through, and every state had amazing people. I mean, we ran into people everywhere. But in Kansas, for some reason, we everywhere we stopped, three or four times a day, there would be people making sure that we were okay. Is there anything that they could do for us? Bring us food, bring us water, offer us places to stay. And in Kansas, like, not only were the people great, but the, the sunsets, were the best sunsets you'll ever see in your entire life. Yeah. And again, I didn't know that until we rode through Kansas. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> me. And I and Glad we love hear. Kansas sunsets yeah. too. It's you know, you try to take a picture of them but it doesn't it's, work out the yeah. same. <laughs> no, it just can't. <laughs> it doesn't it looks great with your eyes, but then you try to capture it and the camera messes it up, you know. But yeah, that's I right. that's so nice. That's so nice. Yeah. And um I'm just so glad that you joined us today, and I'm anxious to learn more about your Liberty training. And I have a question: Did you run into a lot of did, did bad weather? You know, oh, how yeah. did on your big journey? <laughs> uh, we did. So we ran into huge thunderstorms in the Midwest, so like Kansas and uh, Missouri and eastern Colorado. We ran into snow up in the Rocky Mountains, and probably the worst bad weather that we ran into was the crazy heat in utah because uh, it was during the summer and like basically we had to go through there and a lot of days were over 100 degrees that's when all the fires in utah were going going around and there were like times where we would like be riding all day through smoke because the, the fires were 30 miles away you know it was that that was probably the, the most sketchy part and the most scary for for us uh, as humans the horses didn't seem to mind all any of it but for us the, it was the desert and the wildfires and the smoke in utah with the crazy heat that really got to us. Oh yeah, I would be. That would be something else. Mm-hmm. I was just was envisioning that when he yeah. was talking about you know going across and and you know preparing and having stuff for your horse and you to yeah. be you know keep you cool or uh, you know warm. <laughs> so, yeah, and you have to rest your horse on a regular basis, right? So you you can only ride them so long, and they need a break and their their feet too. So did you have a farrier? that you know you had to stop and check with or did you need to do that so actually i did all the farrier work uh, myself and uh, yeah i tried to do everything that i could in-house and i learned as much as i could uh, you know beforehand and practiced a lot and it worked out great and you know how gammy was 100 percent sound the entire trip and how i actually ended up getting cut uh from like a broken uh, bottle on the side of the road um, and he was out for a couple weeks but other than that their feet ended up great and, you know, they, they both returned safe and sound and in the best shape of their lives. So, Oh, that's fantastic. That is. Yeah. I just what think it's amazing you what did. you did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was all done for charity. Yeah. So actually, so for us, you know, I'm going to be like, again, I'm really honest and upfront with you guys. If it wasn't for the charity, if it wasn't for the, uh, the different organizations uh, that we stopped at, I wouldn't have made it through the trip. Like the riding was fun. But to me, what was more the most impactful was stopping. Like we stopped at horse rescues. I think we stopped ten horse rescues. We stopped at a state penitentiary in Kansas. We actually stopped at Hutchinson Correctional Facility in Kansas, and we helped uh, with their Mustang taming and teaching them liberty techniques. Um, We stopped at you know child um, youth programs that that are nonprofits. We stopped at places that focus on kids and adults with physical and mental disabilities. So I mean, we stopped at all sorts of places that are using horses to heal people already. And we just wanted to add to that. So that was the, to me, like the, the ride was fun. The bridalist was fine, but it was all to get 
attention for the organizations that are already doing wonderful things. Oh, and what a blessing for everybody. You Such know, every blessing. place that you got to stop and see and meet and, oh. and, you know, both ways. That's a nice heart you have there to do something like that. That's just very awesome. So is, is before we end this call, I just want to know, is, is Gammy your favorite horse or <laughs> is that your horse, <laughs> your heart horse? Well, so don't, don't tell her this, but, it, actually, at the beginning, I didn't even really like Gammy that much. I was like, man, I, I don't know what it was. Like, I, I just, she, I, I love her now. I mean, she's my soulmate, but uh, but she is not the reason why I'm here. Uh, that is this horse called Amy, who actually passed away while I was on the trip. Um, she had uh, tumors in her body, and we just had to, we couldn't get out, and we had to uh, put her down. But I call her my guardian angel, Aww. and she was the first horse met that when I moved and got into horses and she was just so sweet and so caring and she taught me to be a better person and it's crazy to sound because I, I'm I grew up in like the sports world where you know it's all about kind of that masculinity and uh, you know you're you work as hard as you can and you try to win and do all these things and then when I met her it changed my whole mindset on life and changed my whole mindset on just how to approach these animals is that it doesn't matter what you can do unless your horse believes in you that you're going to take care of them. And that's what she taught. Like she's almost like my equine mom. And uh, she taught me all the life lessons that I needed moving forward um, and to be successful. And uh, without her, I would not be here. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. You know, God created those creatures to help us, help us with healing. I believe that a hundred percent. Yes. They teach us a lot of things. They sure do. Yeah. Very well said. Okay. So, um, how would our customer or our listeners, I'm sorry, our listeners, how would our listeners um, reach out to you if they, if they want to find out more about what you're doing, if they want to contact you for personal training or, or find out where your events are, how would they look, how would they find you? Yeah, it's www.moderndayhorsemanship.com and it's moderndayhorsemanship.com and you can go to our website and you can find out where our clinics are going to be information about what it is that we do about Liberty and also about our nonprofit Camila unbridled and where we help underprivileged kids learn through Liberty. Awesome. Patrick, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I appreciate no, what you're doing with the horse and helping people. It's just wonderful to know you. Well, thank you so much. And, and if you guys are around, if you guys will be at the Equifest next year, it looks like I'll be there. Um, putting on some demos and some things uh, up in Kansas. So we're excited to get back up there. Fantastic. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll see look up if we're there. Yeah. We'll <laughs> All right. There. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Subscribe with us to follow our podcast and please provide a review. We appreciate your positive feedback, which enables us to provide our free podcast to you. Music provided by Ed Mayhem and copyrights by Everything Horses and Livestock Magazine.